Jones, Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones, it's a podcast about Indiana Jones, every movie, one minute at a time, Indiana Jones, minutes. Welcome back to the Indiana Jones Minute the podcast where we get to the heart of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom one minute at a time. I'm Pete Mummert. I'm Tom Taylor. I'm Gerald Christopher Myocardial Porter. (laughs) (laughs) And today we are welcoming back J.W. Rensler. You know him from the complete making of Indiana Jones and the making of Star Wars, and you will soon know him from his new novel, All Up. Welcome back to the program, Jonathan. Thanks for having me again. It's always a pleasure. It's always fun having you on here. And today we're talking about Minute 88. Minute 88 begins with Indy putting Shorty's giant's cap back on and Shorty handing Indy his fedora. And it ends with some Ewok-style mayhem as slave children (laughs) pour baskets of rocks onto thuggy guards' heads. (laughs) And I love, we get such a beautiful like little rendition of the Raiders march here as Indy puts Shorty's giant's cap back on him. And this begins, I think, maybe one of the most viscerally satisfying sequences in any film I've ever seen. Like just this next (laughs) couple of minutes coming up is just every time it gets me every single time. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And the, the, just even the very, uh, indie shorty moment is, uh, is awesome. It's, uh, yeah, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing smarmy about it. It's, it's, it's heartfelt and it's legitimate and I'm, I'm totally with it. Yeah, it starts pulling the heartstrings, and then at the end, you, you know, you, you stand up and you're pumping your fist like those guys across the chasm. <laughs> right. But you know why you're doing it. It is interesting, though, because uh, Indy, like when he puts Shorty's hat on, he kind of caresses his face. And I, there's a lot of that that happens in this movie. And I think it's interesting because Mola <laughs> Ram touches Larry's face like that before the sacrifice. And evil Indy touches Willie's face like that, and Willie touches Indy's face like that, and mm-hmm. now we have Indy touching Shorty's face like that. It's interesting the progression of the face caress. <laughs> what? And to, <laughs> to Sh- Shorty says, "Indy, my friend." Yeah. yeah. So, so he's forgotten all about the elephant. Well, he doesn't say his best friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's yeah exactly. <laughs> he's got a lot all of right. friends. He's moving okay. up the ladder, but he's not. Yeah, he's not. At Let's be clear. Ladder. He doesn't have a lot of friends. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got at least two. He is. He's an incredibly forgiving kid, though. Like he just had yeah. that. Oh yeah. And he had that cannon backhand against his face, and he's immediately forgiven him, which I love about Short Round. He's got the purest heart. He's the bravest guy in the movie. I, I mean, I still say he's for me the hero of the movie, and I I just love how giant this kid's heart is, and he forgives yeah. Indy, and it's a beautiful scene. Yeah, but it's all confused and weird because I have no idea what Willie's doing in the background. Jared scared the socks off me yesterday with that Willie scarecrow, but now she's actually there, and I don't know what she's doing. I, I don't either, but I'm just I'm just thankful. Well, you know what she's doing? It's bro time. It's bro yeah. time, so she's letting them have the minute, you know. But it's like she's doing something to the point where they had to stick a scarecrow of her in there yesterday, <laughs> in the last yeah. like, you know seconds ago in the movie. And she's like, it looks like she's kneeling over like a dead guy or something. Or? Yeah, it looks like she's praying or something. Maybe she's putting aloe vera on all the burns, you know, from the lava. <laughs> oh, she's an angel. <laughs> there, it is. It is strange, but I'll tell you this, Tom. I'm just glad it's her. 
Yeah, no, it's a human being. Yeah, <laughs> like, with yeah, a face and, and like form and everything. <laughs> it's yeah, all good. You know, I, 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 I embrace it's, it. Just be thankful though for those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what they were thinking. Maybe she's supposed to be sort of recovering over there, and, and or maybe just Spielberg wanted her in the shot so that when she gets up, she, she could just walk right into frame. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's, it is odd, though. I wa- as I watched it five or six times, I thought, "What? Yeah, it's odd. What is she? What is she doing there?" <laughs> she's holding the uh, she's holding the slack lever for the. Oh, winch. is that what that is? Yeah, she's sitting there holding on to it. She oh, has to make yeah. sure that Indy and Shorty don't get pummeled by it by accident. <laughs> maybe. Oh my, you're you're right. She is. She got to make sure no one else gets some sort of uh, heart trauma. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said before, I mean, Indy's reunion with short round is a lot more touching than his reunion with willie you know yeah seconds yeah. before yeah mm-hmm. uh, it's almost like yeah we got to do this mushy stuff but you know the the kids who are watching this they are you know indiana jones is their surrogate father so this is where it's, it's almost like spielberg knows that that's the relationship that's in a way more important to the movie going audience yeah yeah. yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, that's you know we've talked a lot about this actually because sometimes sh- uh, short round is like Indy's sidekick, sort of like the Robin, and then there's other times where you know Indy is is paternal towards him, and I don't know. Do you think do, do you prefer one over the other, or do you think they both work in terms of the relationship? Yeah, in terms of the relationship. I mean, like the, we're introduced to him. He's he's driving the getaway car while everybody's shooting <laughs> at them. You know, it's not exactly the the situation you'd invite your child to. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I think it, yeah, I think it works really well. I think it's you know what that. One of the good, most positive things about the movie is the, is their relationship, and the mm. and uh, the actor is great, and uh, he is a surrogate for you know eight year olds to twelve year olds or whoever watching the movie, or anybody who yeah. wants to have a heroic dad like Indiana mm-hmm. Jones. Which, yeah. just as a sidebar, I'd like to say how ridiculous it is that. Han Solo and Princess Leia could have the most evil son in the galaxy. <laughs> that's just that's just that just doesn't make any sense at all. I'm sorry, not a single shred of sense. But but because you know because this if Har- if Han Solo was your dad, he'd be like Indiana Jones. Of course, he would be a great dad. He might be yeah. hard to deal with sometimes, but he'd take you on adventures, man. You'd have yeah. you'd have total. Total filial love for this great father. Yeah. Well, can, can I say right now, I agree with you completely in theory, and I agree with you in, in regards to this movie, but I feel like one of the things that kind of went off the rails with in Crystal Skull was with Mutt. And it's interesting because in this scene, mm. you have this really touching father-son moment with the hats. And I think they were trying to recreate that in the wedding scene in Crystal Skull. And I, I feel like that sort of fell flat. Well, you know what happened with that is that you had a real life situation <laughs> yeah. where where you had Harrison Ford looking at Shia LaBeouf going, yeah, maybe you're taking over, but I don't think so. <laughs> you know, you notice that he, he's not in indie whatever it is, five. Yeah. And, uh, uh-huh. and I mean, that's for probably a lot of, lot of different reasons, but I know sure. for a fact that there was kind there was Harrison Ford was, ambivalent about the whole idea of giving it up and having his son sort of be the 
the person who's going to take over in real life playing Indiana Jones. So, mm -hmm. and he's older. And as we all know, teenagers are a little bit different from ten-year-olds or whatever. However, yeah. old rather, yeah, totally. you know, it's a it's a different <laughs> it's a different stage in your relationship. You want to replace the dad. Short Round's not interested in replacing Indy. Right. He just wants right. to be loved. Yeah. 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 That's a great point. That'll be, yeah. that'll be hard to follow in his footsteps. <laughs> Literally, as a kid, everywhere you go, it'd be, oh, your dad, the, you know, eminent archaeologist. And I don't know, that'd be, that'd be a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if yeah. Crystal Skull had featured Shorty instead of Mutt, if, if, if audiences would be more open to that or something. If, if Shorty just took over the Mutt role and was that age and... Uh, and, you know, they sort of tease yeah, the idea of, of Shorty taking over. I wonder if people are like, all right, yeah, Shorty, here you go. Your right, he could have gone. been his adopted son or something. Yeah. 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 That would have been, yeah. I mean, he put his time in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for real. I mean, you know, he, he's the guy who's pulling the whip, you know, the, the, the guy who gets, you know, hanged by the ceiling fan. You know, he's a short rounds, the guy who has to clean up that mess. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I don't have my Indiana Jones uh, guide with me, but I, there must be tales of short round in the you know expanded universe of Indy, but I don't know what they, I can't remember what they are. I think he shows up in comic books and things. Yeah, yeah he, they he show up, He shows up later and yeah, they, he goes on a hunt for the diamond that they lose at the beginning to Lao Che, I think. <laughs> that's right. I think that's true. Yeah, I think that's right. But you guys mentioned how when the, uh, the uh, Ewok sort of... Uh, attack at the end where they're jumping <laughs> uh -huh. rocks on those guys. Can you explain to me what's ha the two guys you the two guards who come in look like they fall before anything hits them. Is that my imagination? <laughs> Is there, am I missing something because I'm watching it on a small screen? <laughs> I don't think that's your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> well it's like we've got a scene coming up in a few minutes where uh, Pat Roach throws a hammer into the the air and it hits a guy in the head and I you can see him flinch before it hits him. So, <laughs> uh, but it's a great like the transition to that I think is one of my favorite lines in these movies is when Willie says, you know, they have Indy and Shorty have their moment with the hats and then Willie says, "Indy, now let's get out of here." And then Indy mm -hmm. puts on the hat and he says, "Right, all of us." Right. Well, that's not exactly what he says. He says, "All of us." Got that crazy out of nowhere lisp again for that line. It's so I've ne I've seen this movie hundreds and thousands of times, and until Jer pointed it out with like when he's when he's zombified and chanting in the in the Temple of Doom, he's got a weird lisp for like one word or something, and then here full on close up, this very important line, all of us, like his his whole mouth goes to the side a little bit. It's insane. I, I noticed that too, but I didn't want to poke a hole in my own theory <laughs> about how the Kali blood, the Kali'd, makes well, you list. He's probably got a fat lip from Pat Pat Roach punching him. Sure. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Or he did just have his mouth smashed together to, to pour the Kali blood in. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> Maybe that's what out. it is. Maybe that's what it is. His he tongue's just has dislocated. A, his, his tongue's <laughs> dislocated. But I love the shot right after that. One of my favorites where the mine car. That's why I asked you guys for this minute because of that mine car yeah. oh, coming yeah. up with the light. And I and I, what I like about it, I mean, it's just so heroic and it's so corny, but it works for me. Yeah. But I, what I like about Indiana Jones, though, in that shot, he doesn't look that big. <laughs> right. He's not. He's not like overflowing with muscles like some uh -huh. of the mm -hmm. some heroes. He's he just looks really cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's there with purpose. Yeah. yeah. Resolve. Yeah. A great pose. You mentioned the mine cart. It, it, it's funny that they, that they, it strikes me as weird that they cut to that mine cart and you see it coming forward and that explains why the light goes up on him in that sort of hero shot. But I feel like if they hadn't have shown that, you would have just accepted like, oh, this is the hero shot and his face is illuminated <laughs> from something. Like it's a movie and, and, right. and the lights are coming up on him and we're, is like, we're all standing up in our seats and cheering and stuff. <laughs> but it's cool. It, it, it's, it's weird and cool that they, that they cut to that mine cart and explain where that light is coming from. Yeah. And then those two punches are like cannons. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and those guys fly. Like, I love how yeah. those guys fly all the way across the floor. Well, I, I think there's a, there's a little thing. He punch, You hear two punches, but we don't hear that Indy actually puts Vaseline all over the guard's back. <laughs> so when he lands on the ground, I mean, he literally slides like 20 feet. Yeah. And if you watch it, there's clearly something else going on there. Like, maybe it's a Temple of Doom. We all think it's fiery. I don't know. Maybe that little part of the Temple of Doom is ice, like black ice. <laughs> maybe. But when they're pushing the car up, I, I don't know if it's the shot before that, there's sparks. I love it. There are these sparks going off yeah. in the background. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. who knows what they got going on with that ground there? I mean, you could do yeah. anything. With it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan, for you can light my matches back on off that. of it. You know? <laughs> you know. You know what I love is at second forty, we see whip meet whip. Like you literally oh, yeah. see, That's like right. yeah, for the first yeah. time you see like the Temple of Doom guard whip, and then you see Indy, and you know, he's um. He's got his whip, you know, his bull whip by his side. And I'm just thinking, like, God, I would love to see a lightsaber duel with bull whips. <laughs> <laughs> and I wondered, was, was that even a discussion? Was that, I wonder if they ever mm. thought about that, you know? Because there's so many whips in this movie. Even, you know, bad guys have whips all day long. Yeah. We've seen them used for evil in this movie, you know, like <laughs> countless times, much more than we've seen Indy's whip being used. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of. Yeah, it seems like almost like a missed opportunity that they didn't, uh, you know, take the evil whips and face that off could with have the been a, indie whip. A no-brainer, yeah. If the Pat Roach character maybe had, like, maybe he's a bullwhip specialist like Indy, and <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, you guys have watched these movies a lot more than me, but it seems like, correct me if I'm wrong, after Raiders... Indy uses his whip for transportation mostly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mostly yeah. in Raiders. Yeah, yeah. 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 Very few times where he uses it as a weapon. It's also a kissing aid later in this movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's sort of a form of flirtation. Yeah. This scene, uh, as it was originally written, I mean, this is such a, a emotionally and viscerally satisfying scene, but the original script, this played out unbelievably differently. Hmm. Um, when Indy and Shorty and, and Willie get into the cave here, like into the mines from after they've just left the temple, in the original script, there's a guard passing and Indy calls out to him from a cave and he says, uh, sir, excuse me. And the guard oh. turns and he's amazed to see Indy looking at him from the mouth of the tunnel. And Indy says, uh, listen, I'm from the union and I'd like to talk about the working conditions here. Could you step inside for a minute? Oh my God. <laughs> and the no guard way. steps into the tunnel and that's when Indy punches him. And then they come, like the guard comes flying out, and then they come out and save the kids. Oh, it's crazy! Wow, that's, that's very. Uh, can you give us a hand with this? Yeah, it's exactly what I thought. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> well, I think when you know, like we said 
before. If you're doing different versions, and as you do the different versions, hopefully what happens is you get to the essence of what you want to do, which is Indy punching this guy in the face. Yeah. <laughs> in a, in a heroic way. Yeah. <laughs> Very hard. And just saving the kids. I mean, he's, it's great. He's, it's yeah. one of those Spielbergian yeah. themes, which is starting here, which is I'm, I'm saving all these poor uh, kid slaves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's really interesting that they choose not to show that. The punches, the double sock. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's just like, you know, a cinematic thing. You hear sure. it and then you see the guy go flying. It also does it's hard to imagine him punching someone that fast twice in a row and see him fly like like how what where <laughs> was the first goofy. punch? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you sure, punch him the, sure. yeah. Right. By not showing the punches, you can esca- accept the fact that it was a really good punch that yeah. flew about twenty twenty feet. Yeah. yeah. It's like when the $6 million man runs in slow motion. It seems like he's going crazy fast. <laughs> right. Accept it better. Right. I agree with you, Pete, though. I like how you said it. It's uh, satisfying. Yeah. yeah, and there are a lot of yeah. decisions we that they made with things they didn't end up filming, and part of that was probably Harrison Ford's back that I think made, would have made the movie stronger, but this is one thing that I think they made it a lot better the way they decided mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah, I agree. One thing is funny, you know, again, it's one of those cinema things where once the idea is that Indy's freeing them, the kids all sort of become a lot more energetic, a lot happier. Yeah. 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 They all lose, you know, it's only they it's like they all woke up from naps. <laughs> you know, <they> have a <laughs> lot <Yeah>. of energy. <laughs> uh and it works it's cinema it's like it's dream logic is what it is. It's the uh-huh. same thing you see in Enter the Dragon when Bruce Lee the you, when the people on all the People in that in the underground prison are in prison. They're really depressed and horrible looking. But once they're let out and they can go fight people, they're 20 years younger and they are experts at kung fu. <laughs> 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 you know, it's, it's just dream logic, and it you know, indie is a great vehicle for that. It's all about oh, totally. Yeah, it, it's so much about the tropes of cinema, mm-hmm. uh, which you know Spielberg knows about a million times better than most people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, jo- Jonathan, talking about the, you know, it's like they they awake from a dream. Do you think that everybody in the Temple of Doom has has drunken the Kali blood, and everybody that we see, like all the children, are under a spell? Uh, well, let's see. I mean, something, yeah, something like that. Yeah, there, I think there's, yeah. even if it's not physical, they've probably been. I mean, certainly. Mm. Uh, I mean, not not liquid ingestion they've been you know the ideas they've been beaten and and uh psychologically put down but i Mm -hmm. but i was referring more to the fact that the way cinema works is that it's just a dream logic Mm -hmm, you know if you're having a dream and somebody gets out of prison it doesn't matter who they were when they were in prison as soon as they're (laughs) out of prison they're reborn right yeah yeah and that you see that almost literally with these kids when they come pouring out of the, the palace in a couple minutes yeah yeah exactly into the sunlight and yeah and and it's and it in a weird way again this is a side but it reminds me of episode one i have a lot of star wars frame of reference where anakin you know thinks that qui-gon Jinn might be coming to free all the children and he says well actually i'm not doing that <laughs> right i'm not uh-huh. here to free i'm not here to free <laughs> slaves yeah and it's much yeah, more yeah. real world yeah. politic i'm just here I'm, I'm protecting this princess that's my job and right. the whole movie, in a sense, spirals. He should have freed all the children if he, you know, yeah. uh-huh. in a, from a certain point of view. And in this movie, 
you know, 20 years before or 15, whatever it is, Indy does free all the children. And uh, it's great. I, I, I love that at, at part of that of this film. That's interesting. I never made that connection before, but that's that's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Dragon had uh, not bigger, but different <laughs> fish to fry or something. Yeah, <laughs> he couldn't be bothered to even save the kid's mom, which is a little frustrating. But okay, right? Exactly. It's like yeah. why you can't take the you guys can't have room on Coruscant for one yeah. more. <laughs> well, no, but it's not, yeah. but the thing is, they're dealing. He's dealing with the real economic situation. I mean, it's much. It's it's it'd be interesting to have somebody able to write their PhD thesis about it because you could <laughs> you can amplify it. Uh huh. You can amplify. Yeah, yeah. But I remember I I asked George when I interviewed George for the book, the, the Indiana Jones book. Mm-hmm. I tried to sort of make a case for there being more to the indie film psychologically, mm-hmm. and George just wasn't having any of it. He's like, no, 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 don't even try. He said, yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah, Star Wars is like an onion. You can peel it back and peel it back. And he said, I deliberately put a lot of stuff in there, and there's many mul- multiple layers. So he said, Indiana Jones is you you get you see, what you see is what you get <laughs> yeah they both seem to have that uh that that feeling about it that's i remember there was one interview with steven spielberg and they were just like rate like asking him it might have been barbara walters or somebody she was asking for like a, just a kind of gut reaction to each of his movies and when she got to raiders of the lost ark he paused for a second he's like i only directed raiders of the lost ark like it, like he didn't have like a personal connection to it at all or something. He, like not that he didn't like it or anything, just that he was like it was it was it was sort of like George's idea and he just directed it and he loves it. And I think that's why he likes it that it's like oh it's like this movie I get to watch over and over again and I don't have like a weird, I don't have the deep connection to it that I do to other things I've created so I can just sort of enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I I I buy that. Like you know if. if uh, if somebody creates something and says, no, 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 it's just a thing. Just, it's just a bunch of stuff that happened. Don't worry about it. That's valid from the author's point of view. But then if the audience, like us, us dummies on this podcast, <laughs> spending, you know, hours and hours and hours <laughs> talking about the movie, you know, we can, uh, you know, we'll, we'll Absolutely. find it on and peel it. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that, I, uh, I, I'm in the same boat as you guys. And I agree. If you, once they, once the artist, whatever it is, movie, book, poem, whatever, lets it out into the world. Mm-hmm. If if the world finds stuff in it that the artist didn't wasn't conscious of or didn't intend, it doesn't. If it's there, it's there, mm-hmm. and it's, right? And it's it's right. valid, yeah, completely valid. And I think the onion uh, analogy is apt because in this case, I think sometimes the more you dig into the onion, the more the tears start to come too. <laughs> That's true, <laughs> well, and, and the more your breath stinks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's funny what you said about Spielberg, because it does, I think Spielberg was, you know, relative to some of his other, most of his other projects, you know, he was a kind of gun for hire for Raiders Mm -hmm. and and Temple. And I think the one that's probably the most personal is uh, Last Crusade. Hmm. But um, I recently came across in my notes, and I'm going to put it on my website in the next couple of weeks, uh, is uh, Spielberg's, whatever it was, conference with uh, some of the ILM guys when they were trying to figure out how they were going to do the ending of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, wow. Wow. And uh, it just kind of got lost and stuff, and I just happened to come up, find it, and I have to just take a look at it and make sure that it makes sense. But in a couple of weeks, I'll, I'll put it on my website. So just Oh, my God, that's oh, cool. very cool. Uh, yeah, that would be great. I don't know. I'll tweet it when it goes up or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the point being that he's, you can see that the, you know, the ILM guys were 
kind of in the driver's seat because they knew what they could do and what they couldn't do. And so they would say, mm-hmm. well, what if we did this and what if we did that? And of course, Spielberg and Lucas are the same. Well, that'll work. That won't work. But the ILM guys were incredibly creative and, and key, pretty aggressive in terms of what effects could do at the time. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, but I think, well, you guys will get there when you, you know, when you do Last Crusade. But, you know, I think that one was more personal because it has the father thing, which is one of the Spielberg trope. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe one day you guys can ask him. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. Yeah, that would be nice. You said, you said, they're, ni- you said they're nice fellows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we have a uh, another scene here that they actually filmed that didn't make it into the movie. Um, and when they originally filmed this, after the like Indy kind of has this hero shot and then they bring the kids back out of the temple of doom and they, or they bring them back out of the mines through the temple of doom and they lay a big wooden board across that lava chasm. Oh and my God. All the kids run across the board. And after yeah. the last kid runs across the lava, finally burns through the board and Indy and shorty and Willie are still stuck on the plat on the stage side. <laughs> oh my and gosh. so then they have to come back into the, uh, into the mines and that's where the rest of the action that we see happens. Oh, Wow. Oh, does that mean you can't get into the temple except? Wait, what does that mean? Like, how I'm, not the... sure. I'm not wow. sure. Wow, <laughs> boy, that's weird. Do think, I mean, do you think maybe that's part of Molaram's problem? Maybe who's just born back there <laughs> in, no the, like, in that altar, and he doesn't. Yeah, he's never gotten out of that <laughs> that little altar place because there's that whole lava chasm thing. I mean, that would mess with your head. Sure, but doesn't how does how does Indy get back there? Remind me, how, how does he get from? Because when they go there, they're on the the thuggy side. And Indy, Indy yeah. uses his whip and he uses, uh, he whips the elephant trunk and swings over the lava. Oh, okay. Right. Right. Yeah. And so then, okay. yeah. And then there's, there's a scene coming up in the next minute or two where there are a bunch of kids running out of the, the mines and you see Shorty running with them. And I think that's them running to go to save everybody oh, across okay. the lava chasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been wondering, like, where the entrance to this is. And I think this, I mean, originally, and there's, there are still f- photographs from this I can post um, of the lava bridge and, like, the kids running across. But it seems to indicate that the only entrance to the temple is through somewhere in the palace. Because, you know, the kids run through there and they kind of run out of what we thought was the kitchen. Yeah, that would make sense. It also shows how incredibly, again, how the, the large group of zealots just were really brain dead because it didn't occur to any of them to put down the board (laughs) across the other way Uh, that that collate is potent stuff (laughs) yeah yeah, it must be yeah i've I've forgotten about that scene where they they're all running through the temple i mean not the temple the palace oh yeah they like they kick over the stuff on the table and (laughs) yeah but it's interesting because kids run out of different doors. So I wonder, and you don't see, I don't remember if you see girls running across that board in the shots. So I'm curious if maybe there is another oh, right. way out. So it's, it's, it is sort of, it does sort of have that same dream logic you were talking about. Yeah. Um, I, I used to, when I used to teach, you know, we, we used to show a medieval painting and the, and the students would get very upset because it was so fake looking, you know, Byzantine <laughs> style. And I said, look, the movies uh-huh. that you think are real are real looking obey as many cultural idiosyncratic tendencies as the stuff you know 800 years ago they accept that as real for whatever reasons 
there's all kinds of things that we accept as real watching these movies that people a hundred years from now are just going to go, what is going yeah. on? Yeah. You know? well, I'm curious if you showed someone like in the Byzantine empire that was some of these movies and they saw like if they would even understand, they'd be able to follow the action because they don't know these same tropes we know. Right. I mean, editing is a, editing in itself is a whole language that we're all, mm-hmm. we all understand intuitively that not necessarily going to be, self-evident you know to once once the technology changes and they stop making movies uh-huh. a lot of it might become pretty hard to watch but just all the weird stuff though like that when she when she slaps him and it sounds like a car door shutting I mean, <laughs> people are going what is what is wrong with the people who made this movie <laughs> like the, the the middle ages they have no depth perception <laughs> yeah what, were they all stupid no, it's just that's the way. That, that's just the way it was. Does anybody have anything else about minute eighty-eight? Oh yes. Wait a minute. This just in, coming over the wire from Professor oh Christy God. Porter. <laughs> Manliest hat exchange ever. <laughs> yeah, she's not wrong. Yeah, she's not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that one. She's had some good ones lately. Yep. <laughs> do do people know you guys are talking about this stuff and send you send you a text or well, something? Well, uh, Professor Christy Porter is actually my sister. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> We've had her on as a guest uh, uh, a number of times. She's she's um, she's 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 like adjunct faculty on the Indiana Jones Minute. <laughs> so see, she comes in, she see. always has at the end of every minute, uh, she, she, you know, you know, her thoughts come, come over the wire. I was naive. <laughs> <laughs> this is another one of those, those tropes that people will not understand in a few years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, I was going to wonder, what are these noises they're making? What the heck yeah, is what? that? <laughs> 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 right, right. telegraphs right. in 2017. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. I thought he said it was the guy, guy was his sister. Yeah. What the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah, there's weird things that we think are normal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I have nothing else to say about this. I have that is minute. You guys have covered it. All righty. I think we all have. Well, uh, Jonathan, you do have a lot of great things to say about a lot of other stuff, and I highly recommend your complete making of Indiana Jones and your making of Star Wars, and you've got your new book coming up, coming out all up. And can you tell people where they can find you and where they can see what you've got going on and what you've got coming out? Sure. Uh, people can go to my website, uh, com, which pretty much, you know, sums up whatever is going on at the time. Or they can follow me on Twitter at JWRinsler or find me on Facebook and uh, uh, ask me a question if they have any. Definitely. And we've got uh, links. To, we'll have links to those things up on our website and on our uh, Facebook page as well. So definitely check out Jonathan and you can come back and check us out again tomorrow for minute 89 of the Indiana Jones Minute. Bye.